Open your Bibles, if you will, to uh, the 22nd chapter of the Gospel according to Luke. And let me read to you a, a very familiar scene in the life of Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 22 at verse 14. You follow as I read. When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of our God, that is something that endures forever. I uh, do not yet understand why uh, the Christian church has chosen, at least in many instances, not to meet on this night. Uh, some churches do, some churches don't. Uh, yours does. But I, I, um, I'm really baffled in, in large measure as to why um, the, the Christian church does not see the need to be together tonight. Um, Those of us who do, we do uh, agree upon the name of this night. It is called Monday Thursday, but uh, there's not a whole lot of agreement as to what the term Monday means. It is not Monday, M-O-N-D-A-Y. It is Monday, M-A-U-N-D-A-Y. Monday Thursday. There's there's, uh, agreement on the term that its uh, derivation is uh, somewhere in the Latin language, but... um, but the meaning of it is, is still somewhat uh, debated and uh, actually uh, pretty hotly debated. Well, that's not, that's an overstatement, but it is, it is debated. Um, one suggestion that is made is that the term Monday, it comes from a Latin term, which means weeping. That tonight is a night of weeping. Or perhaps today is a day of weeping. It is, it certainly is that, if it's not more than that. It's a sad day. This is a day of betrayal, a day of arrest. In the life of Jesus Christ, before this day is, is finished, uh, a series of events will be set in motion that will only in a matter of hours lead to his, his crucifixion. And a lot of people would be weeping. It's a sad day. It's also the day... In the life of the Christian church, where Jesus Christ institutes this new sacrament that heretofore had been unknown uh, among Judeo-Christianity. It is, of course, the sacrament that we are about to observe, which is called the Lord's Supper or Communion or whatever name you like. And he did that in a place that has come to be known as the Upper Room. We have our Methodist brethren to thank for that uh, title of the place, but... 
uh, you, I, I'm, I'm just trying to uh, illustrate or uh, jar your memory as to what, what this is. This is this is that upper room event uh, that took place only hours before Christ um, was crucified. We know where he did it, and we know on what night he did it. He did it on the night of all nights in the life of Israel. In fact, uh, if you've ever been to a, a, a Jewish Seder, you know that uh, the instruction part of this night begins with a question from the oldest boy. And the, the question is, uh, to the, the directed to the father uh, of the household, why is this night different from all other nights? In the mind of Judaism, this is a night that is different from all other nights. We know where it took place. We know what on what night it took place. But the New Testament is relatively silent about what took place behind those closed doors. Exactly what went on back there. We don't know what he, uh, all that he said and shared. We know a little. We know this is the night where he washes the feet. And uh, we know about a little bit about the dialogue. But um, we, we don't know much more than that as to what went on uh, in that um, upper room. But we do know that the whole nation of Israel was gathered on that night to, to celebrate an event that they continue to celebrate, even down to tonight, which is called, of course, Passover. It's mentioned in our text. You know that. You remember Passover, don't you? It's uh, recorded for you in Exodus chapter 12. If, you've ever, if you're not familiar with it, you might want to spend some time tonight um, reading Exodus chapter 12. It's called, as I said, Passover, and it's the night uh, while Israel was still in uh, the captivity of, of uh, Egypt that the death angel, of course, passed over every home that had blood, the blood of a lamb, smeared on the doorpost. That should be familiar to most of you. Um, those who didn't smear that blood on their doorpost paid for their neglect and their unbelief with the life of their firstborn. This is the night, ladies and gentlemen, that in Judaism, it is used to prompt them to look back at that night, that night of Passover or the night where a nation stood still and held its breath while God stretched forth his hand in judgment against Egypt. It was the night that God delivered. And interestingly enough, the deliverance came via a lamb. It's also a night, at least in Judaism, that they... Uh, today, look forward to a future and an ultimate uh, coming deliverance. And Judaism is still waiting. In fact, again, if you've ever been a part of a Seder, you know that there's an empty chair at the table. And the empty chair is uh, because they're waiting for Elijah to show up. They're still waiting. And Elijah still hasn't showed up. And Israel, that is ethnic Israel, is still waiting for her deliverance. So back to Luke 22, the 12 enter that room that night, knowing what was about to unfold in front of them. 
they had done this before. They, know, they knew the rich significance of what was about to unfold on that table in front of them. But uh, they had no idea what Jesus was up to. Um, they, they, they had no, they never dreamed that what they were about to experience was going to be so different from what they experienced heretofore. All of the other Passovers that they knew were certainly predictable, but they never dreamed um, what was about to take place in front of them. Because Jesus borrows this night from the history of Judaism, and he fills it with a new meaning. Um, the imagery, ladies and gentlemen, the symbolism is absolutely unmistakable. Breaking of a loaf and the pouring out of wine, the breaking of a body and the shedding of blood. They watch him as he attaches symbolic significance to a loaf of bread and a bottle of wine. And so there they are, gathered in this room, watching Jesus do something that was brand new to them and do it with new symbols. And interestingly enough, in the New Testament's account of what goes on in that room, there is never a mention of a lamb. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the lamb was the centerpiece of all of the Passover celebration. But there's no mention of a lamb. I'm not saying there wasn't one there. I'm just saying that the New Testament never mentions that it was. I don't know that it was. I, I probably would bet that it was, but we're never told that it was. But this much I am told. There was no lamb on the table because the lamb was at the table. There was no need for a lamb on the table. Because the lamb had pulled up a chair at the table. I don't know that there was a lamb on that table. But I do know that there was a lamb in the room. On the night of the, the first Passover that's recorded in Exodus chapter 12, every home in all of Egypt had something dead in it. There was either a dead lamb or there was a dead son. There was either the carcass of a dead fleecy animal or there was the body the cold, stiff body of the firstborn. There was either a lamb's blood that had been shed or a son's blood. And in the home of all of those Egyptians, there was the wailing and the gnashing of teeth over their enormous loss. And in the homes of all of Israel, there was a celebration of deliverance. And the difference, the difference was the blood of the Lamb. <laughs> Folks, um, as we fast forward through the uh, history of Israel, we find out that 
Israel's firstborn sons were spared because God refused to spare his firstborn. The firstborn sons of Israel would not be killed because God would eventually kill his firstborn son. In that, in that scene in Exodus 12, they knew that they weren't dead because somebody else was or something else was. They knew that they lived because something, a lamb, had died in their place. The thought went through their minds that the only reason that I'm not dead is because that lamb is dead. And as Judaism ate that meal, they knew that the only reason that they weren't mourning a loss like all of Egypt was because on their table was a God-directed substitute. But on the night that we read about in Luke 22, there is no lamb on the table because the lamb was at the table. As I said a moment ago, the the Jewish Seder, the, uh, the, the night of instruction begins with the son who asks his father, Father, why is this night different from all other nights? Do you know the answer to that question? Do you know the reason why this night is different from all other nights? Do you? Has the rich significance and the inescapable symbolism been wasted on you? Do you not see it in all of its profound saving beauty? You know, folks, the weeping of that night turned into the celebration of the redeemed. But even while the redeemed celebrated, others wept. Because everything that that had unfolded in the, the believing households of Israel had been missed by people who were living next door. Ladies and gentlemen, has the Lamb of God taken up His rightful place at the center of your soul? Is the Lamb of God who was Slain before the foundation of the earth, the one that taketh away the sin of the world is that Lamb. Is that Lamb the one to whom you look as your great deliverer? If so, we invite you to celebrate through symbols the great riches of it, richness of this night. If he is not, what a great night. What a great night to embrace our Savior. What a perfect occasion to cease your spiritual wandering, to come to the place 
where you own God's deliverer as your deliverer. There is no lamb on our table because the lamb is at our table. I invite you to feed on it. May we pray. Our Father, I do pray that your people might uh, be able to enjoy even a night that is named a night of weeping, a night of sadness. And though we understand how it got the name, before the weekend was over, the sadness was turned into celebration. We come not to be sad. We come to celebrate and to commune with the Lamb of God. So, O Lamb of God, meet us here. By faith, we begin to lay hold of you so that we might leave here having eaten your body and having drunk your flat, your, your, your blood. Now, Father, by the power and might of the indwelling Holy Spirit, lift us outside of ourselves that we might commune with Jesus Christ the Lord. In whose name we pray.